Welcome to Briarwood Football Classics. I'm Matthew Forster. I'm the head coach of Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. This season is the 50th season of Briarwood Football, and we're publishing this podcast to remember some great games and moments from the past. Taking us through this process is current BCS Athletic Director, Coach Jay Matthews, and former coach, Coach Mike Forster, who's my father. These longtime friends and coaches are sharing memories with special guests and should be a ton of fun. So take it away, guys. Here's Mike Forster and Jay Matthews, and these are Briarwood Football Classics. And we're going to be joined by Forrest Walden, and we thought we'd start with the 1993 season. And primarily, Mike, because that's your first year here, uh, we'll, we won't necessarily go in any kind of chronological order for these, but 1993, you come to Briarwood. So talk to the listeners fans, former players, tell us again just kind of how you got to Briarwood, including your uh, stops at Green Bay and Ole Miss and all that. Take you some time and tell us about how you got here. Yeah. Well, I grew up in in, uh, Dallas, and my dad played with the Packers back uh, in the 50s and the 60s. Um, He was a a captain of their defense for about six or seven of those years, and Played under Lombardi, won a couple of championships, and so that was a, what really got me into football, uh, of course. Um, and um, then I had a pretty good high school career and ended up going to Ole Miss. And from there, um, you know, after graduating from Ole Miss, I kind of pursued different things. I thought I wanted to go to seminary, and I did go to seminary, and I thought I was going to be a, a preacher, pastor, and um, kind of worked through that and um, and uh, was down in Sylacauga, Alabama. I was where I was actually being a pastor and somewhere along in there I kind of realized that uh, this really isn't for me and at the same time um, you know just out of, out of uh, I was we were at a, a kind of a, a party by one of our church members and Dr. Kynard was there and I told Dr. Kynard about you know, my experience and who I was, and he kind of talked to me and said, man, I really, really would love to um, to, to coach football. And I said, I don't know what I would teach. And, of course, he said, well, have you ever thought about teaching Bible? And, <laughs> um, and that's when, when right there at, at that, um, you know, it, it kind of transitioned from being a pastor to coming up, uh, coming up here. And, you know, we were still living in Sylacauga when I first started here that first first year, having to drive all the way up here. And But it's still, it was it was a pleasure. Brought Matthew, my son, who's the head coach now, brought him with me. He was in seventh grade, and I was teaching seventh grade Bible and coaching football with, with you and Fred and Rob and having a great time. And I've got a million stories over the years. You and I were together. But here, here's one. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember – we, we hit it off, and we coached actually together for a while. And then finally one day you go, you know, when I first came to Briarwood, I didn't think you liked me. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you go, I, you know, the way you looked at me and stuff. And I went home, and I was so upset that I thought, I must be so unfriendly that a new guy comes to Briarwood. And, <laughs> and then after I've worked together with you for a while, goes, yeah, you know, when I first came, I didn't think you liked me. And I was like, oh, well, no. sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I just came. I didn't know you very well then. And. You know, I realize now, man, you were just serious about what you were doing. Too serious. Yeah. I, I was too 
too serious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, we were we were fighting for bricks without straw. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So '93, your first year, and you know, Coach Yancey comes in 1990, has that miracle season, 11 and two, and then we we really struggled. Uh, you know, 91, 92. Uh, don't need to go into all that, uh, but so what do you remember about coming uh, to '93? Kind of when did you join us? And then obviously at some point we're going to work into with Forrest talking about that first game against Mountain Brook, and we end up starting out three and zero, which was kind of cool, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. what do you remember about about that? Well, I just <laughs> I remember how hot it was. One of the things when we started uh, started two a days. Um, but there was just the four of us as coaches, which was a little bit unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the, you know, the biggest thing was was just the man to be on a coaching staff with 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 all three of you guys and the 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 atmosphere that Coach Yancey said in terms of this really being a it's more than just football. It's also about our spiritual lives it's about who we are as, as men it's about you know teaching these these players to uh, help them develop and grow not just in 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 their athletics but also in their character and in who they are and that's that's one of the things that just really attracted me to I was so thankful and grateful to be a part of Briarwood now you introduced this concept actually later but I felt like we couldn't go into your background without talking about this. So you were the first guy that ever introduced to our team the idea of playing football as an act of worship. And I remember kind of being like, I never thought of it that way. Do you, do you have any recollections of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's, that's, that's always been, you know, just part of my own spiritual growth was the the idea of, um, it, it doesn't matter what I do, um, whether it's playing football or going to church or having a quiet time. Um, whatever I'm doing, if I do it to the best of my ability with, you know, with the, 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 the idea, the thought that, God, you've created me this way mm-hmm. and to take and use what he's given me to honor him, not just by what I might say about God, but how I live my life, and um, just pointing to the whole idea of excellence. Yeah. And then you also introduced uh, what ended up becoming one of our pillars of competition, that's intensity over emotion. So give us a quick flyby of that, because I feel like that's been a Briarwood staple since you brought brought the idea of it to us yeah i think the you know football's a tough tough sport as you know you know i mean it's to me it's not there's no other sport like it Uh, and maybe i'm saying that because i'm a partial (laughs) partial to it but the amount of energy and the amount of emotion that you have to give in a game and that um you know, you have to, but it's got to be bigger than my emotion. It's got to be my focus, my my mindset, my 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 thinking, my you know that I that I strive towards excellence, no matter 
um, what I'm doing, um, and particularly, you know, as we're talking about football, particularly on the football field, is it, you know, it, 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 I give it everything I got um, yeah. because that's what that's what honors God is me giving everything I got and pointing pointing um, people not to me but to Him. I always thought that was so cool because the emotions come and go. And, right. And I came up in a system in my early years as a coach. You can almost use emotion almost to manipulate a little bit. You know, you can gin it up a little bit and get the players really, really fired <laughs> up. But then you, the next time it doesn't feel the same. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't think I can play because I'm not hyped up enough. Right. And we lose the warm-ups and all that. But then you just talk about, no – the emotions will come and go. You can't mm-hmm. run mm-hmm. your life by the emotions, you know, but right. you can demand intensity, mm-hmm. you know, even when you don't feel like it. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, and, you know, I remember, you know, <laughs> when uh, playing at Ole Miss and um, I think it was my senior year, and uh, uh, for some reason we ended up playing Alabama early in the season, and we actually end up beating them. You know, Bear Bryant's head coach. and On his birthday. On his birthday, yeah, you know. And then the next week, we play Southern Miss and get beat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the way the emotions, if you go by emotions, they come and they go. Yeah. And you can't, you can't live that way, and you certainly can't play the game of football that way. So, for, before we bring Forrest on, uh, the new defense. So, it, it, it didn't last. You know, was it a one-hit one wonder year? <laughs> one, one hit wonder. But uh, so I know that there, there possibly will be some coaches in on that. So take just a few minutes to talk about the defense you kind of came in with. And I don't know if Rob brought it or you brought it, uh, the big the big notebook and the, the big cat defense. Uh, and then after Forrest talks uh, and we talk to him, we'll – uh, after that interview, talk a little bit then how we kind of went into the the four three. That's really kind of the standard of you know what we still to do even today. Right. But but talk right. a little bit about the the nineteen ninety three new defense because we yeah. we beat Mountain Brook seven to zero, <laughs> which was a shutout, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And really, I, I've been trying to think. Well, where did it actually come from? I don't know if it came from Rob or I'd actually coached with a. Uh, before when I was when I was in seminary, I coached a little bit um, part time over in Jackson, Mississippi. I don't know if it came from there from the coach that I coached with over there, but somehow we came up with this defense. It was called the Big Cat defense, which it was crazy because it's what's called a split defense, which means that the the, the two tackles inside on the on the defense played three techniques, mm-hmm. and, and your defensive end one played. If, it, if there was no tight end, he played a five technique, which is outside shoulder. And the other one, if there was a tight end, he'd play head up on the tight end. Well, also you had two deep safeties and you had two corners or really they were more like outside linebackers because they were four and four. Yeah, cheater corners. Cheater corners inside. <laughs> and I remember you coached them, didn't you? I did. I coached yeah. the secondary. <laughs> and they uh, – and, and they were four and four inside the receiver, which, you know. And back, they turned their back so they couldn't yeah. get cracked. Yeah, yeah. 
and 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 back then, of course, I guess that they didn't throw the football enough. Um, and then, of course, your 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 two linebackers, your two inside linebackers, were sitting either side of the center in what's called the A gap, and so that's what we ran, and we called it the big cat defense. And yeah, yeah and that big cat guy, he'd be almost like the modern day apex guy today because right. you played him like off the ball deep right. in some sets, and he was a middle hole safety in some, and you'd run him as a yeah. monster side. I mean. Yeah, most, I don't know. Most of the time. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Forrest is going to have to help us. I know. But, uh, I know. But uh, that was a good start of the year, huge upset. We're going to bring Forrest in, talk a little bit about the game, and, and see how that goes. So, Forrest Walden of that 1993 team, a 94 graduate, Briarwood, tell us a little bit about kind of what you remember your experience coming to Briarwood. And then we've been, Mike and I have been talking about that Mountain Brook uh, upset win, the very first game of the season, seven to nothing. So we're kind of targeting that game, but anything about your experience or that season would be good. So what are some of your kind of first impressions of what you remember about the 1993 Briarwood Lions? Well, you know, I had an interesting Broward experience because I was K through four, and then I left and went public school all the way up until my junior year. And so when I came back, I remember how much I appreciated just the structure of Broward, teachers praying before classes. Though I just, I really loved being back. And it was interesting being alongside people who had been lifers K through senior years, and they were kind of over it, and it didn't mean a lot to them. It meant a lot to me because uh, I knew what it was like to be in the public school. And, but one of the drawbacks from that journey was I didn't get to play my junior year. And so I practiced with the team and uh, we thought there was a chance I was going to get to play. I didn't. That was tough. So by the time my senior year came around, I was chomping at the bit. I had gone to several camps the summer before, a couple Auburn football camps, another camp. And I mean, I was loaded for bear, could not wait to play. And the fact that we were up against Mountain Brook, you know, little 3A Briarwood going up against a 6A, uh, probably today that's not as big of a deal. But back then that was a really big deal. And I don't think we knew uh, what to expect, how we would match up. Uh, I just remember I could not have been more excited to be on that field and finally get to play. And this was, uh, Mike, your first season – uh, as a coach so you know kind of uh you know uh, so Forrest can kind of grab hold of it you know what you kind of remember about going into that game uh just you know that could get Forrest up to speed what we've been talking about well I, I think the biggest thing was the um the defense that we put in and, I, and and it really worked against I think I think Mountain Brook was shocked and surprised um, and didn't really know how to what to what to do against it because we we shut them out. Yeah, yeah. And then, and Forrest, I don't know if you have any recollection of this. Do you by any chance remember some of our pre-planning going into that game because we were struggling a little bit about the belief that you could win because we had lost to them the year before. I know you didn't play that game, but you know, twenty-four to fourteen, we had a lot of the same team coming back. Do you have any remembrance of? Uh, something that may have given y'all hope that we had it had a chance that game or what do you think? Well, well this is funny. Uh, you know, those, those packets you guys used to prepare for us and there was thoughts and schemes and plans and you would give them to us. We'd go over them at the, um, the team dinner uh, the night of the game. And 
I can't 100% say it was this game, but I have a vivid memory of the lyrics to a Garth Brooks song, The River, <laughs> being yeah. heavily involved. And I just saw Garth Brooks here in Birmingham, what, two weeks, three weeks yeah. ago, and he played that song. And, man, I was right back pregame talking about the river lyrics. So I think Garth Brooks had something to do with the win. I can't, I can't uh, promise it was that game, but no, the specifics, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, coach Yancey actually, actually said that the river had to be part of the highlight tape that year uh, actually told me that that was his one request. Yeah. So we remember it being a real rainy, uh, it rained a ton, kind of a sloppy game. Uh yep. And you play both ways, but what do you remember about the game? I know these are fleeting memories and there's not a lot of archives there, but what what do you remember specifically from that uh, Mountain Brook game? Yeah, I have a few memories. One, getting to the end of the first quarter and it was scoreless and us all just realizing that, like, we belong here. These guys have not run us off the field, not a lot of offensive production at that point. And then I remember in the second quarter I ran a um, – a post right up the middle and Jamie Lumpkin literally almost put the ball into my face mask. Like I almost, I just remember it almost stuck and I caught it and fell on my back, big first down. So that's something I remember. My most vivid memory I was telling you before we got on was um, I, I taped my own shoes and I did a terrible job. And because it was so wet, all the tape was coming off and it just looked ridiculous. And coach Hansey was so unhappy with me because I did look ridiculous, but he said, look, if you're going to tape your shoes, like get someone to actually do it right. So, yeah. That's awesome. And then of course, I, I think buddy caught the, the touchdown pass on a post corner and beautifully thrown over his shoulder and, Gosh, remember that feeling. It was the best ever to go up seven nothing and hold that lead. Yeah. So that would have been, been Buddy Hunt. Um, yep. I think made all states receiver that year. Hey, that Buddy team? just texted me back. Do you want to you want the deets on when he scored? Yeah. Let's hear yeah. let's hear. Yeah. Yeah. He said it was the first drive, had Andy Puckett guarding me, super aggressive fella. That kid bit on everything. He went on to West Point and played football there. Thanks to all staters like you and me, we held them scoreless the rest of the game. All <laughs> county. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so Buddy clearly remembers a lot more than we do. Yeah, we should have him on here. <laughs> well, so and of course Mike had joined us for us, and you know we win the game seven to nothing. And up until that time, we had played for years. Well, since Coach Ancy had come, really good offense. We were that uh, your year. We were eleven personnel primarily throwing the ball, uh, and then, you know, uh, you were uh, featured in the backfield and, and in the slot. Uh, we, we'd move you around, just had different ways to get the ball to you, and we run a little inside trap and stuff. But uh, but we we were celebrating after that win, Mike, uh, the new defense. We had never – I don't know if we'd shut anybody out up until that point, especially a team, you know, the, the of Mountain Brook's reputation. And, again, the – the elements had something to do with it, but I remember for a few weeks I wore a Notre Dame hat. People would say, "Hey, what's the Notre Dame hat?" And I'd say, "No, it's new defense. That's what ND stands for, new defense." But, uh, Mike, anything about just the fact that we had a shutout that first game? Uh, do you recall anything about that? I, I was just kind of amazed, um, you know, because I really, 
I've never seen a, and you know, you, you couldn't play that today, uh, that defense, but, but you could get away with it back then because the passing game was not what it is today. It was mostly run game. Yeah. We were, we were basically getting nine in the box and then loading the box up. So there's a quick aftermath uh, for us. Then I want you to kind of take us past maybe, maybe the rest of that season and past Briarwood. But uh, first of all, because it was such a huge upset first game of the year, all we could hear about for weeks is how the Briarwood doctors at UAB were finally able to razz the Mountain Brook doctors at UAB that Briarwood had actually beaten them. Uh, and they were just, they were rubbing it in for weeks and weeks. And unfortunately that led to the spring game the next year, either spring game or jamboree. So the next time we lined up against Mountain Brook was either a spring game or jamboree. Remember that Mike? We showed up for practice. They showed up for revenge and absolutely annihilated us over at Vestavia as a kind of payback uh, for that. Oh, wow. But yeah. um, what, what about the rest of that season, Forrest? Uh, any, any, is it all a blur, or do you have some, some standout memories of that 93 season? Um, no, I mean, I've got so many memories. Moving all over the field, it was so fun playing so many different positions. I think I kind of settled in the last half of the – uh, season at tailback and really enjoyed that and kind of wish I had played all year at tailback, you know, making it into the playoffs because this was really before, you know, I mean, right. 91 had a great season, but this was really before Broward was a powerhouse. And so to make it, you know, into the second round and really felt like we should have gotten further and um, went up against a buzzsaw. But yeah, I felt like it was, at least from my perspective, kind of laying the foundation for where you guys went. Uh, after that and yes. you know, one of the best years of my life still to this day that was so amazing of course we had the first round win against Lineville 28-21 at Lineville on the dormant Bermuda and that was a, a big upset win a fun yeah. win and then second round we hosted the number one undefeated Southern Choctaw and uh, Coach Yancey's got the famous story about we kind of convinced y'all if we could just get them behind. They hadn't been behind all year. He had put in against their man free a, a little back sneak play we called voodoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and that play has actually gone on to have a lasting legacy in Briarwood lore against cover one team. So uh, you were the very first guy to ever run the play. That at that time, we called Voodoo, and we still call Voodoo to this day. But uh, so, what do you remember about that? Do you remember that? Recall that play against Southern Choctaw? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, practicing and not knowing if we were going to pull it out or not. And then uh, when we did, like it, you know, it, it's not often that it works out just like you draw it up, but it did. I was uncovered, and it worked to perfection. Yeah, and. You know, recently when Coach Ancy retired, that was one of the plays you guys talked about. So to be in a room of all these great teams and the play I was involved in, one of the plays I was involved in got talked about, that felt pretty good. We're still looking through the archives to try to find some of this. It's uh, it's It's been quite a, a chore, a fun chore, kind of going through. We're digging in the – filing cabinets way back in closets and all that. So that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. So take us on past Briarwood. I know you went to Auburn, uh, ended up being a cheerleader there, and then uh, one of the, considered one of the most successful businessmen 
in Birmingham. I don't want to overflatter you, but I hear that all the time about what you've done such a great job with Iron Tribe. So tell us a little bit about Post Briarwood and kind of what's led you to where you are today. Well, you know, I, I fell in love working out for football and I just never stopped. And so when I got to Auburn and realized I probably wasn't going to play much football, uh, the next logical thing was for me, at least, because I could always kind of tumble and the girls were really cute, was to go out for cheerleading. That was an amazing uh, experience for me. It put me around godly people who were serious about school. I was really not either of those at that point. So it was a really good influence. Met my wife doing it. Uh, we got married. We've been married 22 years, have four kids, uh, one who's now at Auburn, which is hard to believe, uh, down to a 12-year-old, two girls, two boys. And that love for fitness led me into exercise science, which led me into personal training. I did some natural bodybuilding back before I became a dad. And uh, that led me into you know opening my own personal training studio in 2001. And then I've grown it from there. I was with a brand called Fitness Together, which was all one-on-one -on -one personal training. I sold all those back uh, in 2010 and opened Iron Tribe. So we've been open 12 years now. We have uh, five that we own and operate in Birmingham, one in Louisville, Kentucky, one in New Orleans, and one in Charleston. And then we have additional franchisees. So we have 29 total gyms uh, in eight states. And, um, you know, we are uh, really really focused on doing more than just fitness. We really want to impact people holistically. And we believe um, it can be some of the best time of their week inside our four doors. But we also realize that we get exposed to people who may never step foot in a church. And so we really try to impact them with excellence. I love the Chick-fil-A model of, you know, do things so well, people want to know what makes you tick. And so we really do that and take that to heart and have a great team, great franchisees, great coaches, and um, really excited about what we get to do every day and looking forward to continuing to grow. Um, and I, I do want to say when I went back to um, Coach Yancey's retirement party, it was just really cool because I had not been to the high school in, I don't know, more than a decade. And to hear all those stories and there was just one moment that really impacted me. And it was a little highlight film you guys had put together. And it was just a snapshot of coach in a huddle of players. And he quoted Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, almost as it was like the huddle breakdown. Like, mm -hmm. that's how we broke down. I wasn't in, but and it just started bringing back these memories. And so when I think back on what's important to me now in life and living my life as a Christian man and a Christian entrepreneur and a father and a husband, and so much of that was fueled by my early days at Briarwood K through four, but then accelerated when I got to, you know, and Jay, you were my stampede. You were my first ever man who came into my life and poured into me. That was seventh grade. I have a vivid memory of you at my house on Lockridge drive. We had a pool party and you were there and, um, you, you know, so, you know, Coach Forrester, Coach Rick, Richie, all you guys just, you were more concerned about who we were as men and our character. Not, not that football wasn't important. It was very important. Um, and those are things that have served me extremely well. And I was just reminded of that when I went to that. And when I saw that Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, it just, it just stuck with me of, man, what a heritage and a legacy that I'm a part of and I get to pay it forward. It's just really, really cool. I'm so glad I was a part of it. 
And Mike, uh, you don't know this uh, most likely, but during the COVID shutdown, um, I got in touch with Forrest and, and he actually opened up uh, his um, video library uh, for us uh, so our athletes could train uh, off site. And uh, we had guys and girl athletes that were able to take part of uh, uh, the trainers and all at, uh, at Iron Tribe and really got us through a really tough time. And I, and I think it was good for the kids, but Forrest, I, you know, I always want to say thank you for doing that. That, that helped us tremendously. Uh, and then part of that led to that idea of now we have the sports science and performance. You know, we, we really amped up what we do uh, in the strength conditioning uh, performance area. And I think you inspired that. You came back several different times, I think, through your career teaching us some explosive movements and core strength. I mean, yep. you came in and out. Uh, over time as you were learning and, and bringing stuff back to our program. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another, I mean, just vivid memory was I had been sick, so I missed max out day. And I remember getting checked out of class to go do my lifts. And so literally in my street clothes, I did a max squat and a max bench and I PR'd both of them. And I mean, my head barely fit through the door when I went back to class. I mean, obviously, I'm still talking about it, but yeah, some of those early memories. I mean, God, I'm still doing it. Still love it. Do you remember this? You brought in one of those the balls that you you rotate your torso and slam yeah. up up against the wall. And Tornado you, ball. And you busted the ball. I don't, do you remember that? You yeah, it, it broke. Like and, that's uh, that wasn't part of the script. And as you walked off, our guys were going. Man, that dude's a beast. <laughs> uh, hey, whatever, whatever works. Yeah, that that was you were lifting weights back when the weight room was up on the third floor. That's it? right. So funny. It was rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a tough place. Tough place, man. I I tell you what, though, buddy, I really enjoyed coaching you, and um, you know the kind of player you were. Uh, it was so much fun. Um, you know, just a, just a pleasure to have been been part of that team and been been, been able to coach you because just like I said, man, it was it was fun watching you play. Well, it was a special year; I'll never forget it. Yep. Well, Forrest, I uh, hope you get to come see us sometime soon. Uh, we're we're enjoying taking some time during this fiftieth anniversary of uh, Briarwood football 50 seasons. Uh, this is this season will be the 50th season of Briarwood football. And it's been fun to go back and touch base with some folks. And you've uh, been a great asset to help us kind of get this project started. So thank you for your time. Absolutely. Okay. Glad to be on. I got one more story for you. Yes, here. So I had uh, Coach Yancey on my podcast not too long ago, and we were reminiscing. I got to tell him the story, but I think just speaks to the program, the man, the legacy of Broward Lions, but it had probably been 15, maybe 20 years uh, post high school graduation. I was walking into Fleming's with my wife, Coach Yancey and his wife were walking out, and he took one look at me, and without skipping a beat, he said, Force Wall, number 20 on the field, number one in your heart. And I just like <laughs> – Coach, of all the people you've coached over all the years, yes, you remember my name, but my number, you remember? So it just kind of blew me away that that was, you know, just a split-second thought for him. Yeah, yeah. He still does that. It's amazing. Uh, 
Of course, I remember you, uh, you were our very first, I called it red shirt. You know, we were all disappointed. Uh, you know, you, you joined, uh, your stepbrothers and all, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and the remarriage and all. So we're thinking surely Alabama high school would see this is a, uh, one of those times to grant you eligibility on your transfer. And they were like, Nope. <laughs> so you went through a whole junior year of just practicing. And I remember feeling so, so sad about that, but then to have such a great senior year that you had, and it really was kind of a, a magical season. Um, uh, so I, I was always thankful that you got that, got to enjoy that at least that one season. It was, it was awesome. Love it. Yeah. All right, Forrest. Take All right, guys, thanks for including everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Go Lions. Go Lions. See you. <laughs> See ya. All right, Mike. So, you know, we finished the 93 season. We get just destroyed by Southern Choctaw. <laughs> <laughs> I came home that night and my wife said, how was it? I go, well, if that's what a 3A state champion looks like, we're never going to win a state championship <laughs> at Briarwood. Who knew, you know, what the Who future was going to hold. Yeah. Uh, but but then you do become the coordinator, you know, after that. And right. then we go into the world of the Miami 4-3 defense. Yeah. And before you talk about that, so we, we would have in the old days the Lion and the Longhorn defense front. Lion was the 50, Longhorn was the 4-3, and I called the Longhorn defense the Longhorn give up the long play <laughs> defense. I hated the 4-3. And then when Coach Anty says, hey, Mike's changing, we're going to a 4-3, I thought, oh, we're going to have to score 60 points <laughs> to win. But it was amazing. I, I mean, it was truly, from that point on, the new defense and – People will say we were known for years and years as spread and chuck and duck and all that. But Briarwood, the foundation of the Briarwood defense came from going to the 4-3. So talk a little bit about that, in, uh, and then I guess we'll finish up uh, this first episode. Yeah, you know, 4-3 was pretty popular um, back in the 60s of, of professional football, but it was really a different kind of 4-3. And you had introduced during those during that time um, the, what we call the Miami four three. So we started. I started kind of researching it, and then lo and behold, uh, Pete Hurt, who was then the head coach at Samford, actually had coached with some of these guys that had um, had installed it and put it in. And so I remember going up and spending some time with him. And learning about the 4-3 defense, which was really different because before, particularly if you were a defensive end, you were always told don't let anything outside of you take everything on with your inside shoulder. And now we were like if you had some a guard pull towards you as, a, as an end, you would do what's called a spill, which would you would take your outside shoulder and attack the inside half of him and kind of make that back bounce because the idea was, well, the, the further we can get him to the sidelines, the less field he has to play with. And so that was kind of the, the whole philosophy around that defense. And so we played a, a force shell, and we, we really had nine in the box because right. your, safeties, safeties. Yep. your safeties and still – Are the force guys. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Briarwood's still using some, some of this today, well, really most of it. 
they're still using where those yeah. guys became the the force guys and you know it really kind of revolutionized what we did and the other thing that we we did during those years was we ended up being able to two platoon right which yeah. that was huge yeah it was a real sea change in football to spill yeah. and, and you know <laughs> do you remember some of our early dads during a time had played in the 50 and played for Alabama and Auburn and they'd yeah. be going son you're you're not leveraging the play you got to keep your outside arm free and you'd be going no they don't we're we're spilling now and they were like what in the world's that what to spill he's gonna get the sideline we go yeah we want him to go to the sideline what what and that, and that was the same way but this yeah. time yeah. is time yeah. has shown it and I wish we had time to go into because I felt like you developed some some things on the defensive side like very few people realize that you actually ended the wing t in alabama the, <laughs> and maybe we could even do a whole show on that yeah, yeah. it was wing t crazy yeah and then you got where you overloaded the wing side and mm-hmm. basically were forcing teams to run weak and then had little things spilling all that trapping and the right sallies and all that they, and i think there were some really really good wing team teams we played 96, 97, yeah. 98, that would get like two first downs a game. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It's just – Yeah. This, this is going to be hopefully a fun little uh, rundown memory lane for us and uh, appreciate all that you've done and glad to have you back. Yeah. We used to joke about who was going to be the next coach at Briarwood after Coach Answer retired. And I'd say, all right, if you're the head coach, can I be your offensive coordinator? And, <laughs> and then uh, – and then uh, you'd say, well, if you're head coach, can I be your defense coordinator? Yeah. <laughs> then, of course, who knew that coach was going to go so long? <laughs> they ended up hiring your son, Matthew. Yeah, so, that's right. But uh, anyway, look yeah. forward to seeing how this goes and look forward to reconnecting with some, some Broward players yeah. from the past yeah. uh, during this 50th season of Broward football. Absolutely. All right. Well, All right. We'll get better, hopefully, too, each week as we figure out what we're doing. Hope so. (laughs) All right. Take care. All right.